Thank you for being here this morning. First message in a new sermon series. I think all of you know that uh, I've been preaching through the book of Revelation. We've been, oh, oh, a little bit over a year in prophecies. First the book of Daniel and then the book of Revelation. And we completed that series uh, two weeks ago. And this morning I've been thinking about and looking forward to a new sermon series. And I'm glad that you're here today to be a part of this first service. Thank you for coming. I want to talk to you today and really over the next uh, couple of months about being connected to God, being connected to the source of life. How do we stay connected to God in the world that we live in? How do we be sure whether we're young or old that we don't lose the edge of listening and hearing the heart of God. How do we, if we want to, be sure that we're listening to God for today and what he wants for our lives today? And importantly, and important in this series is the question, what does God say to me? What does God say to our church in 2022? Some of you know that I have a really nice truck. I bring it to church for different jobs at times, and people see me out in the community in my beautiful truck. It's worth a lot of money. If somebody offered me a lot of money, it it just, I don't know that I'd ever sell that truck. It's really a sharp one. It's nice and red. Almost looks Ohio State colors. Almost. It's 32 years old. Don't look up underneath it, whatever you do. And it's done a lot of good work for me over the years. And of course, it's a Chevy. But I found out this week that it doesn't do very well if it doesn't have a battery that works. And so, I went out this week to use my beautiful truck, and all it gave me was a silent scream when I turned the key. I don't want to be a Christian without a battery source. You know where I'm... Look good on the outside, but I don't have the power of God on the inside. That I might seem okay if people see me from a distance, but if they really get under my hood and they look around, they might find I don't even have a battery. All of us need that connecting power to live close to the heart of God. All of us need a closeness to the source of power, to the heartbeat of God, in order to really live a productive Christian life. All of us need that. No matter how young we are, no matter how old we are, no matter if we just became a Christian or we're considering 
the call to Christianity, or we've been a Christian for 70 years, we all need a battery. And without it, we can go nowhere in our strength and influence for God that he wants for us. In addition to that is the last two years. I know we've heard so much over the last two years about the last two years and how different it is and how many things we've had to deal with. Please go on to the next slide if you would. But the last two years has had so many upsetting things in it, more so than I ever remember in my 60 years of life that have been absolutely mind-boggling. Maybe other people feel like earlier time periods in your life were like that, but that's how I felt the last two years. I certainly have felt that way about the pain of our world, the problems in our world, the dynamics that have impacted our country and our community and our rhetoric and our conversations and our passions. Things that even a few years ago we may have never thought about in this country. Some things and other things we have. I just remember about two years ago this week or so, For the first time, I heard the term COVID-19. I remember back to that time. Ooh, that's a funny word. But what was that word again? Co-what? You know? What's an acronym for something? COVID-19. Boy, a lot has happened in two years with COVID-19. Then we talk about the elections of two years ago. Last year, you know what I mean? All the rhetoric, all the opinion, all the absolute feelings of right and wrong, of best and worst and people's motives, the protests and the riots and the police response and the police brutality. And the Black Lives Movement. Oh, more about COVID, too. Ventilators and nursing homes. The right and the left. The truth and the deceptions. Online church. Policies. Governments. Governors. Going too far, not going far enough. The president making the right decision, making the wrong decision. The Supreme Court, how left it is or how right it is and what's fair and what's right to represent America. The unknowns. The mandates. The vaccines. The second vaccine. The the booster. The next booster. Is it? Is it not? The stock market, gas prices recently, school boards, antagonism, accusation, the unknown, 
the stock market. Here recently, Afghanistan leaving the country, the Ukraine, refugees, Russia, Putin. And here we are, the church. What kind of church does God want us to be in the middle of this? Whether you think it's an extraordinary time or you don't, what, however you see this, what kind of church does God want us to be in 2022? What kind of influence does God want us to have in this list that I gave you and other places, many others? I feel like I just touched the tip, the tip of the iceberg. Here we are, the church. What kind of church does God want us to be? A lot of ways we can answer that question. I want to put out for you over the next two or three months some, some words and some ideas and some thoughts about what I think God's saying to me about the church in 2022 and what he wants us to be. But even deeper than that and more important is I want to challenge every one of you to get this question in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit. What does God want for you in 2022? What is God saying to you individually in 2022 about your life? About your priorities? About your faith? About the decision in your heart of whether you're going to follow God or not? Whether or not in the midst of all this stuff you see and know that there is a creative God who speaks to us. And desires that every person on earth would respond to him. What does God say to me? What does God say to you this day and this year? You know, Jesus said something many, many times. He said something like this. He who has ears to hear... Let them hear. He said that over and over again. He'd tell a story and he'd say this. He would demonstrate something. He would speak something. He would say, he who has ears to hear, let them hear. I want to say to you today, he and she who has ears to hear the voice of God in 2022, let them hear what God would say to them. We read recently in our study in the book of Revelation, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You know, the Spirit of God is speaking to the churches today. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is here this morning because God promised that he would be where his people are. He is with the people on the phone and listening this morning or watching on TV somewhere. God is in your living room right now. If you have turned your heart and your life to him, the Holy Spirit is there to speak to you and guide you and help you about the decisions you're making in life and the decisions about what kind of a person you're going to be in the midst of COVID and elections and all that other stuff that's out there. What does God want for you as a Christian? I'm asking you to ask that question of God in the days ahead and say, God... Tell me what you want me to know 
and do as a person responding to you. My first word that I want to put out there about what kind of church God wants, and it's kind of a word that will describe the next few weeks, is this. God wants a listening church. God wants a listening church. God wants people who are listening for his voice. God wants people who are able to clear away some of the clutter as much as possible and say, God, I want to hear what you say. I know what he says and she says and this group says and this political party says and this medical group says and this dictator says and this judge says. But what do you say to me? I think we have been bombarded with so many voices in the last two years that it's hard for us to sometimes separate it and quiet ourselves before God and say, God, it's what you say to me that needs to govern who I am and how I respond in the midst of what's going on in this world. A listening church. Listening people who are crying out to God, God, speak to me. You're not responsible for anybody else. You're not responsible to this group and that group and this dictator and this doctor and this teacher and this person in your life. You're responsible for you and what God says to you. Christianity is a community, but it's also an individual time and place that God has with every one of us a relationship. And if you're counting on your wife or your friend or your parents or some friend in your life to be the listener for you spiritually, you're missing out because God wants to speak to you. And God has many, many things to say to you. When you listen to the voice of God, God will lead you. God will show you. God will guide you. We must be a listening church in 2022. Intentionally, on purpose, seeking and listening to God. Would you be willing... To be a part of that kind of church. Would you individually be willing to be that kind of person in 2022? There are two stories that I want to talk about this morning from the scriptures. The first is in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Here I'm going to read the first 11 verses. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In these days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. 
And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not go back. I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went back and lied down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Samuel was a young man. He was a young boy, I should say. Probably somewhere between about four and ten. I don't remember exactly how old Samuel was, but he was a young boy. He was impressionable. He was new at this stuff of hearing God. The Lord had not yet come to Samuel, it says. He didn't know the Lord yet. He was young enough that that he had heard about it, but he really hadn't come to much of a personal understanding or faith or response to what God would say to him. So in this day, God comes to him. He had pretty much his whole life ahead of him. He was young. Some of you are here today and young, not as young as Samuel, but young. Young compared to me, anyway. Some of you have had some experiences with God, and some of you who are young probably haven't. Samuel was in that place where it was time to listen, but he had not yet had that opportunity, and God came to him on that day. And I want to say to the young people here, God wants to come and speak to you like he did Samuel. God has something to say to you. He not only was young, but he was willing He was oriented toward listening. Thank you again for being here today. And I hope most of you came because you choose to, but probably some of you came because somebody grabbed your ear and pulled you here. I understand that. I went to church the first week I was out of the womb. But Samuel was in this place where he was was a willing participant. He already was leaning in toward God through Eli who was his mentor Samuel was kind of already at that point where he's saying yeah I I do want to hear what God says I'm willing to hear and I've heard some things and I, I believe it and I accept it but he already was oriented that way that helped him a lot he was teachable he was moldable Samuel was at that point where he was not so set in his ways that he couldn't be taught by God. It's a terrible thing to get to any place in our lives where we think we know everything. 
Samuel's not there at all, and we're, thinkable, we're, we're, we're grateful for that. He was teachable. He was moldable by God. He also was responsive, quickly, eagerly. He was led by God, and he did what God wanted him to do. All the days of Samuel's life, he did what God asked him to do. And the other side from Samuel is the prophet Elijah. I read his story earlier. Contrasted to Samuel, Elijah was an older person. He might even be called an old prophet by then. He's quite a contrast to the young boy Samuel. Both Samuel and Eli, Elijah has been spoken to by God. Both of them God wanted to speak to and give a message to. Young one, or one young, one old. Both spoken to God, but by different circumstances. When I think about the two of them, I realize that every one of us are in different circumstances today. I mean, although we have lived through these last two years together and we have a lot of the same input and all that, we're still not the same. Even as our preacher pointed out that we have so many identical twins around here, it gets confusing. Even you guys don't look quite the same today. Chaz always wears red, right? You probably know that that's sometimes how, from a distance, I thought, that's Chaz, I know it, that's Charles, okay. But you know what? Every one of us are different, but every one of us God wants to speak to. In your experiences, whatever they are, whether you're close to God or you're far from God, whether you're settled on what you believe or you're, you're really, you're not sure and you're searching, God has something to say to you today and in your life. If you are willing to listen and you're open to listen to the voice of God. Elijah was very different than Samuel. One, Samuel was very sheltered at this point in his life from all the challenges and problems and things that life has. The other one, Elijah, by this time had been pretty well battered by life. He'd gone through a lot of experiences, a lot of circumstances. Some of them were great, high mountain, believe me, literally mountaintop experiences. And some of Elijah's experiences have been so far down in the, in the desert place that you just think the man's going to die where he is because of depression and discouragement and disappointment. I mean, Elijah had both. He served God for his life, but God did not take away the problems for Elijah. Even though Elijah's heart was right with God, he still lived with all kinds of pressures and problems and hurts and pains and experiences. If Elijah would have said... Well, I'm only going to serve God if everything goes great in my life. He wouldn't have been a prophet. Nobody would serve the Lord if that was their attitude about God. Elijah experienced the realities of life 
And yet he was able to listen to God and hear what God would say to him. He was very human. Elijah, he was human like you and me, I mean. He had emotions. He had disappointments. He was discouraged. At one point in this story, although we don't take time to talk about it, he was so down. He was, man, he was down and out. He wanted to die. And I'm sure some of you have felt, and I've heard it described by many precious people, that they were so discouraged or they were so hurt by something or they were so hopeless about life that they just said, God, would you please take me? So God can handle that too, by the way, if you feel that way. If you ever get to that point, God can handle that. He did with Elijah. But Elijah loved God. Even though he had all this stuff going on in his life, he loved God. He wanted to obey him. He had in his heart what was right in order to listen to God and to hear him. And he listened to God. Elijah didn't turn God off and refuse to hear him, but Elijah, and again, I'm not telling the whole story, which would give more information in this story. Elijah listened to God. When God spoke to him, he knew he was messed up. You know the difference between people that are teachable and unteachable? Teachable people know that they're messed up. Unteachable people don't know that. Or they don't know that to the extent that they're willing to listen and hear God's voice and God's spirit in their life. Elijah listened to God. And then Elijah responded to God too. Elijah responded to God. Listen to verses 12 and 13 again. At that time, I'm sorry. I accidentally flipped my Bible to the wrong place. I want to be in 1 Kings 19 right now. I'm heading there. Listen to verse 12 and 13. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind was an earthquake, and the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, and after the fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But after the fire came a gentle whisper. I know I didn't read that quite right. And we're not talking about the whole context. But all those life-shaking things earth-shattering events. God was not in that for Elijah. God was not speaking to him in those events. That's interesting to me. Well, you think that a mountain would shatter. You would think, well, that's God speaking to me. Maybe he was in some way. But the purpose of this part of the story is to remind us in the fire, in the earthquake, in the wind, that's not where 
Elijah got his connection to God. And I want to say to you and me, in all these events of the last two years, let's make sure that's not where we get our theology. Let's make sure that that doesn't supplant the deeper important things of God, like the fruit of the Spirit. Like faith. Like prayer. And we don't look in the fire and the earthquake and the wind for what God's saying to us, but we look in the quiet voice of God who speaks to us. God, help us to hear the whisper. After the fire came a gentle whisper. The reason that we know it was so important is because of Elijah's response. It says, when Elijah heard it, he heard it. He knew it. He pulled his cloak up. I just imagine this scene, how it was like. Oh, God. Oh, God. And he goes out. Says, okay, God. Whatever you want from me, I'm here. Whatever God wants from me, I want to hear. I want to listen. I want to be sure that I say in my heart, God, I will hear you today. I am listening to you. And I think that place where Elijah is wrapped up by his cloak and he comes out to the edge of the cave is right where the church needs to be in 2022. That's where we need to be. Oh God, I'm listening to your voice for today. And I want to call this church to be deeply listening to God's Spirit in the midst of all the voices, all the opinions, all the evidence. What does God say to me about me spiritually? Would you join me in searching for the voice of God? That still, small voice, one translation says of this passage, that still, small voice of God, that can be found when we quiet ourselves before Him in the quiet place, seeking and listening for what God would say to us. Asking God for His priority in our lives. Asking God to help us to keep balance in 2022. Asking God for us to keep our hope in the things that he wants us to. Asking God to set our focus in the right places. In order to hear God, I want to give you four words to hold on to. 
You can think of it if you want to like your hand. Right here. Hearing God. Just going to give you a four words. Hearing God. In order to hear God, you've got to hold God in the proper place. So right here is humility. Humility. If you want to hear God, you've got to keep God in the proper place in your life. And you you in the proper place in, in life. Remembering who's in charge. Saying, God, you are bigger than me. Saying, God, I will. I will humble myself before you. The next one is honesty with God. Honesty with God. Authenticity with God. We cannot... Outthink God. We can't outreason God. You can't outmoralize God. It's so much better just to be honest with God. I'm a sinner. I failed. And I want to know you more. Honesty with God. The next one. As you may see, these all start with an H. I hope that will help you to remember. The next one is hunger for God. Hunger. Desire. Eagerness. A yearning inside to be connected to God. Sometimes that's a natural part of who we are and sometimes it don't feel that strong, but that's something that you can, you can quiet yourself and say, God, help me to be hungry for you. Help me to see how important you are. I mean, Jesus said it like this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Think of that scripture in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The last one that I want to say today is heart. Heart. Giving it all to God. Throwing it to Him. Saying, God, I'm in. Man, I am in. Speak to me. You will seek me, the scripture says, and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. When we seek God with all that we are, we'll find him. When our heart is willing, our heart is open, will you be a part of a listening church? 
Will you be a, a part of a church that says, I do want to hear from God today? I do want to know what God says to me. I'm going to give you five quick things to tell you how I want to call you to be a listening Christian. The first one is this. I'm going to ask you to take five minutes every day and commit to total silence before God. I want to ask you to put aside five minutes, whether it's in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, when you lay down at night. Just take five minutes and turn everything off in your life and ask God what he wants to say to you. I believe that God can speak to us in the quiet time if our hearts are listening and open. That doesn't mean that you stop thinking. Not always are we able just to turn off our thoughts, and I understand that. But intentionally being quiet before God for five minutes without actively and purposely bringing in other things to think about. Or if they come up, to let them go. Five minutes to hear what God says to you every day. I'm asking you to commit to that. And here are some other ways that I plan to call the church to listen in the next two months, three months, in this sermon series. Each week I will present an area that I believe God wants us to be as a church, all kind of under the umbrella of listening. Starting next week, I'm going to have an insert for you to fill it. Yes, adults, you know how I do that with kids, but I'm going to have it for everybody that attends. Bring a pen with you if you want to. And I want to give you some things to think about, to write down. I'm going to ask you some questions and just ask you if you're willing to, to, to be a part of a focus in this area. Number two, in about three weeks, I want to give you a devotional book. They haven't arrived yet. They're supposed to be here by the 15th of March. So when they come, the Sunday after that, I would like to make them available to every person who's willing to read about five minutes every day a devotional thought. I would like our whole church to be focused on some the same things for a while. Five minutes a day reading the same devotional thought written by a man that I personally have much respect for, Chick Shaver. Some of you have known him. He's been in this church before. And so when those books come, I'm going to make them available. And every person old enough to read who's willing to receive a book and read a devotional every day for the next 365 days, I would love for our whole church family to together focus on one scripture for a few minutes every day. That's number two. Number three, in May, I'm going to have a prayer journal for you. That's a part of the Church of the Nazarene, a prayer journal leading up to Pentecost. Everyone who's willing is going to have that journal with questions and thoughts in it. So May's going to be a month that I'm going to ask you to take a few extra minutes every day and write your response and your thoughts to some things about God's Spirit and God's nature. Number four, throughout this season... In this series, I'm going to ask questions, and they're going to be on your insert, to ask you 
to self-reflect about who you are spiritually and what God would say to you. So we're going to put those questions out there. We may be talking about some of these questions on some Sunday nights in the spring coming up also. And number five, understand that I would ask that this year and this season would be a time of a, a church prayer priority. Personal prayer. Group prayer. Groups that are coming together for Bible study and different things. We have quite a few groups meeting. I'm going to ask you groups and your Sunday school classes, would you take a few minutes in Sunday school class every day or every Sunday and uh, just pray that God would help us to hear his voice and make that a priority in your classes, in your groups, individually and as a church. Maybe even when we do fun events, you know, like swimming next week. Maybe before we all jump in the pool, we could say a prayer, God, help us today to be listening to you, whatever we're doing, wherever we're at. God, we want to be a praying church. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for being with us in this series. And thank you if God puts it in your heart to embrace and seek him in this time period. Thank you. Would you stand, please? Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful today that you are speaking to your people and you are speaking to us. You're speaking to the church, to God's people. You're calling us. You're calling this world to salvation. And God, I pray you would help North American, Pennsylvanian, Mifflinburgers, Nazarenes to know how we can live out that faith in 2022. I pray for your guidance. I pray that we would be a listening church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for being here. God bless.